pray with me this morning as we uh, start to look at our message today. Lord God, I can honestly say that I'm blown away by your faithfulness and your goodness in my life. And for all of us here this morning that are in some way at least trying to find some way to put you first in our lives, we're, we're saying, God, you've been good to us. God, you've been faithful to us. And we want to respond by giving you our lives today and just overturning everything that's on our hearts, everything that's on our minds, that's concerning us today. We, we, we want to give it to you today and trust in your goodness and your faithfulness. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome this morning, Anthem. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us. I think if this was a normal year, uh, if it wasn't 2020, by now myself and uh, my family would be thinking, where are we going to get some time to get away this summer for a, couple, for a few days or a week, whether it's to go to the beach or the mountains or out of state somewhere, something like that. I know many of you have, would have been in the same situation I'm, I'm uh, fortunate enough to be able to look back on some pretty great vacations, and I don't know what this summer's going to look like at all. I think back specifically to one great trip that I had with a bunch of guys a few years ago, and we went up into the Canadian Rockies, uh, up into Banff National Park, and me and my friend Roy and a few others, I got a picture of that to, to put up to let you see what that's like. Some of the photos I took just were so beautiful that you'd think that they weren't even real, but... Um, uh, it was an amazing two or three days. And I don't know if you know this, but if you come down the mountain at the end of any uh, hike after a, a, a national park visit, you'll often find a comment box or a suggestion box where you can leave ideas of how the National Parks Department of the government should uh, make things slightly better for people um, who are going to visit. And there's been some interesting, I found these the other day, there's been some interesting uh, uh, comments that have been left. So, so check some of these out. Here's one. Uh, a small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I can get reimbursed? Somebody, yeah, okay. Uh, this, this other one. The coyotes made much too much noise last night and kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. Uh, I like this one. Our visit was wonderful, but we never saw any bears. Please train your bears to be where the guests can see them. This was an expensive trip to not get to see bears. All right, this is really weird doing this without an audience applauding and, and, and laughing at the tops of their voices like you normally do when I do jokes at church. All right? And now these ones specifically are about mountain climbing, like actual mountain climbing. So uh, uh, it says here, this was a comment box actually left at the bottom of the Grand Tetons National Park. All right, trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. Ski lifts need to be in some places so that we can get to wonderful views without having to hike to them. All right, someone's missing the point a little bit. Okay, and this is, I think, the best one. All right, uh, escalators would help on steep uphill sections. All right, which part of climbing a mountain do these people not actually understand? I don't know, but uh, the point is here is that in most of our cases, I think you're the same as me, that we don't really like hard things. Like, we like comfort and safety over, over pain or struggle. Uh, in fact, if you're, if you're on Facebook Live with us this morning, why don't you just make that clear to me in the comments. Do you like uh, comfort and safety or pain and struggle? I don't know if you're like me or not, but I feel like most of us would be over in this camp over here that we like comfort. We don't like hard things. We don't like things to be tough. And right here we are in the midst of a very, very tough situation that all of us are facing in, in, in similar kind of ways. 
And, um, you know, there was a verse in, in, in John 16 where, where, where Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. And it was kind of like, oh, gee, thanks for the promise, Jesus. Appreciate that one. Um, but just that little phrase, you know, in this world you will have trouble. And you kind of wish, if you're like me, that Jesus would expand on that, that one thought a little bit. Is that going to mean, yes, I might get a hangnail now and then, and that will be like the trouble, or we might have a global pandemic or, or wars or, or things that impact everybody. You know, there's, there's a big space in between those two things, isn't there? And this morning, we wanted to start a, a, a little theme that we're going to go here with the next few, for the next few weeks called how to get through what you're going through. Now, for some of us, our, our struggles have nothing to do with COVID-19. They were with us before this all started. Some of us, the struggles that we face are because of our our own making. You can, in your heart of hearts, you can look back and you can say, yeah, the reason I'm in pain or struggle right now is because of choices I've made. And you're maybe uh, trying to readjust your life um, to come out of those bad choices. And for others, we know that our struggles are there because of other people around us, because people who are or were in our sphere of influence have inflicted great pain and struggle on our lives. And then there's this kind of struggle that we're all in with the coronavirus that affects us all in, in ways that we haven't yet uh, had to deal with in the past. And, and the, the biggest concern is that we don't know what's unfolding. But it's how we get through what we're going through that often determines our character and determines who we are and who we've chosen to be as people. Now, um, theologians and scholars often describe the progression of our faith as followers of Jesus Christ, as being in sort of three separate categories. Um, the way that we progress in our trust in God and putting our faith in God. And I just want to kind of describe those categories a little bit for you this morning. The first category that our faith starts out off is in what we would call a confident faith. A confident faith is where, you know, maybe you experience that just after you become a follower of Jesus Christ. And you genuinely feel like, wow, this, this thing works God answers my prayer. God is present. God is in my life. God seems present in my struggles, in my good times and my dark times. When I worship him, it feels like he's there. Um, my life and family situation just seems to be working, and I attribute all the good things that I'm dealing with at uh, this time to God's work in my life. And then, for, for some of us, we, we move from this phase of confident faith into what we would call a challenged faith. And sometimes it can, be, it can take years or weeks or months, but we, we, we were once in that confident place where it seemed like we, we recognized God's presence in our lives. And then we go to this place where it doesn't seem as real right now. All of a sudden, the Christian life doesn't seem to like work like you thought it would. You're getting this sense of spiritual fatigue or just tiredness. Prayer life doesn't seem to, seem to work. God seems quiet or distant or not approachable. It doesn't seem like he's present, like maybe he once was. We used to be unstoppable, but now we're asking questions like, why God? And honestly, this past couple of months have been like that for some of us, haven't they? You know, um, I know for uh, the class of 2020, of course, everything that they were expecting in this past, for this, for this uh, few months season has gone. Their, their proms, their uh, graduation parties, their graduation. It all feels like it's, it's been taken away. And for so many of us, we're, we're dealing with this space between, uh, this gap between what our expectations were for this time of the year 
and the reality of this time of the year. And that kind of expectations minus reality equals a very sad disappointment for so many of us that we're having to handle. And I want to ask you, how about you today? How are you getting through what we're going through? Think for a minute. What, what, makes, what makes life tough for you right now? And it shouldn't take long to even answer that question in your head. But starting from that place of confident faith, and if we go, if we, if we move through that challenged faith phase well, we can get to the place where we can experience a living faith. It's the kind of faith that even, that even in the midst of the, the, the darkest of times and the most difficult of situations, we can still know God's presence in our lives. But it, only, it seems like the only way to get from a confident faith to a living faith is to get through that phase of being in a challenged faith. You know, the most uh, basic laws of, of, of geometry teach us that the, the quickest way to get from point A to point B is, is on a straight line. Um, but God doesn't often use that sort of middle school math in our lives, does he? He often has us going on a different journey. And for this series, I want us to look at the book of Exodus and to look at the, the journey of uh, the description of God leading the people of Israel from captivity into the promised land. You know, in actual miles, this shouldn't have been a long journey, even with their primitive forms of transportation back then. But it seemed that God had a, a whole bunch of lessons for them to learn along the way. There was some deep character being formed in them as they, they wrestled with God in this phase of being in a challenged faith. And so much of that couldn't have happened if they went straight from point A to point B. Now, to give a little bit of a background, the uh, the 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 nation had previously been in a, a severe famine and God's people went to Egypt uh, under the leadership of Joseph who'd found favor with the Pharaoh and actually become the vice president of Egypt. They're finding favor in Egypt and finding their needs met through the Egyptian Pharaoh and they're just having a great life. But later, years later, that favor is forgotten and it's at this stage when they're asking again, how, can we get, how are we going to get through what we're going through? And I want to pick up this, this uh, journey on Exodus 3. And God's chosen Moses to lead his people. And Moses goes to Mount Sinai to meet with God and to kind of get direction from God and to plead his case with God. And this Mount Sinai ends up being this place where he has this incredible experience with God in Exodus 3. It says this, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So, so not a normal Tuesday, really. Like, so Moses is in this situation where he's, he's, he's facing a bush that's on fire, and maybe that isn't totally abnormal for, for Egypt, for North Africa, where it's hot and bushfires could start easily. But the fact that the bush wasn't burning up was something completely unique, and God was speaking to Moses from the inside of this bush. It carries on in verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then in verse 10, it says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
How do they respond in this serious situation? Well, I think the key is in verse 7, where, where God says, I have heard them, uh, sorry, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. God responds like a loving father. And Anthem, I want, I want to remind you today that the God of Israel thousands of years ago is the same God today. He's the same God that, that, that hears our struggle, that hears, that's with us in our pain, and he responds like a loving father. That's the first story. That's the first incident that I wanted to describe about God's people crying out to him in the midst of trouble. That was how they were getting through what they were going through. But that's not how they always responded. If you go into continuing the book of Exodus, there's a second story that I want to highlight. It's in Exodus 13. It says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. So now, God's already being gracious to them. He's already leading them around a different direction that's going to be better for them. And in the process of this, they see God move time after time. They see miracle after miracle. And all along the road, you'd think they'd be ready for this kind of like living faith. You'd think they'd face enough challenge and be ready to go to stage three. But you hear them complaining at God, shaking their fists at God for what they're going through. And in chapter 16, we read this. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. I love that that verse even got in there, that they sat around these pots of... That's how they looked back and saw their situation. It's like a Brazilian steakhouse or something, just surrounded by pots of meat. It couldn't be better. But you have brought us out to this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. See, all they're doing is complaining at God. Instead of crying out to God, they're crying out at God as if he's taken off, as if he's the, he's the exodus one that's just split and left them where they are. And they're just even getting to that place where, they're, where they're, they're saying in the darkest of their moments that even slavery was better than being on God's side. You know, I don't think any of us would ever, would, would ever really want to say even not being a follower of Jesus is a better choice, but sometimes by our actions we live like that. It's as if we, we make that common mistake where we consider going back to our old life of being distant from God, to a life of sin, because, well, it just seems better. Following God's just hard. It's just difficult right now. Trusting Him, trusting him seems hard. Even slavery was better. So you've got one group of people and two remarkably different responses. One, one time they're crying out to God. Another time they're crying out at God. They're complaining at God. And in Egypt, they cry out to him. And in the desert, they complain about him. Like, we don't need you. It's like they're saying to God, it's not fair. I don't deserve this. And, and now a, a cry to God is a, is a deep lament that recognizes our, 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 our struggle, but it recognizes God's presence within it. And I think we can boil this down to one word. And that's trust. Am I willing to take a deep breath in the midst of my struggles and say, yes, God, I trust you. I know I have a very real 
a very deep need, but all my faith goes towards you in the midst of it. You know, do you sometimes find yourself saying, yes, I trust God, but I'm going to like help him a little bit over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up my trust in God by a little bit of extra support that might be able to come from other direction. I often notice things on people's, um, on, on people's Facebook posts when they're in need of prayer. They might, they might post something like, um, uh, you know, can, uh, is, is, there, is there anybody around that can, can offer their prayers or, or their thoughts or their positive juju or happy vibes? Because right now I take them all. And let's break that down a little bit because prayer and thoughts and positive juju and happy vibes kind of respond in different ways because one is, is worth doing and the other three are not, right? Prayer is, is, is worth doing when, when you're in need. Ask people to pray for you. Ask people to pray with you because God encourages us to do that. Since the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. But God doesn't say anything about thoughts or positive juju or happy vibes. You know what? Because you can ask for all of the positive juju and the happy vibes that you want on your Facebook page. And it's, it's going to come up empty. Because the only person who is completely faithful is God. The only one who can meet us in our time of need is God. But keep it, let's keep it real and let me ask you this question. Have you found yourself complaining recently? Have you found yourself complaining, essentially complaining at God in the midst of your situation that we're in? And do you need to realign yourself in order to get through what we're going through as somebody who is godly to crying out to God? Because each of us can be like one person with two different responses. I love the Apostle Paul's approach when he was describing the, the, the huge struggle that he was in as an early trailblazer of the gospel, going across the Middle East and the Mediterranean, sharing God's word and dealing with huge struggles. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4, and if you, if you want a Bible verse to, to write on your bathroom mirror this week or something like this, 2 Corinthians 4, write this, we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. And I love that he had that, that um, determination to, to, to recognize God in the situation that he was in and recognize that, yes, yes, like life's tough, but it's not over. Um, things are really hard right now, but God's bigger. And because Jesus rose from the dead, because he defeated death, because he lives, I can face everything that might face me, whether it comes from the enemy uh, 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 sending um, a challenge to me or whether it's just the situation that I'm in in the world or my family right now. Because I can put my faith in the resurrected Christ, I can walk every day and get to that living faith that only comes as a result of getting through what we're going through in the right way. There's this raw determination that Paul has as he puts his total trust in God. And I believe that in the darkest night of your struggles, if you trust God, he will forge in you the kind of character traits in you where you could, you could only, only see that when you look back later and see the work that God has done. Now, Anthem, uh, we want to know how you're doing. And there's a, a couple of things that we wanted to ask you, uh, Anthem friends, people who consider Anthem, and Brittany said it earlier, if you consider Anthem your church home, and we want 
our church to be a home and a family where a church, a family gathers together, even here online, uh, to receive encouragement and strength from one another. We want to know where you're at in this situation. Boy, we can't wait to the to, to just getting together and seeing each other in real life, but obviously that isn't for now. Um, but we want to know how you're doing. We want to know a couple of things. Firstly, how are you doing um, personally, whether it's financially, spiritually, emotionally? Do you feel like you've got the church community around you? Do you feel like you've got family strength? Do you feel like you've got the support you need? And then secondly, how are you feeling in response to the idea of meeting in real life in the future? And we don't have an agenda one way or another for that, but we'd love to know the temperature of our community um, as to find out when do you think it would be safe to meet together or not and by what, um, uh, you know, kind of what grid are you using to think that one through. So we've put actually, we've actually put a survey out uh, and it's on the, on, you can scroll down and see it on the front page of our website and it just says survey on there. And we would love to know how you're doing personally and what you think about the, the re-entry into, you know, can, uh, face-to-face community that various states in the country are in different places uh, at. And so we want to know that about where you're at personally too. So if you have a, a five to ten minutes and you wouldn't mind completing that survey after this service this morning or some point in the next couple of days, I think we're going to send you a text to tell you about it as well and give you a link so you can find out real easy. Because we want to know where this community is at. We want to know uh, how you're doing in the, in the midst of it. Anthem, we're in a, a season of challenged faith. And the thing is, is that I hope you, you realize now that we don't get to go from that confident faith to the living faith without going through seasons and periods of challenged faith. And you know, you're going to face these. This is going to be a pattern of your entire Christian life following Jesus. You're going to get to that, those places where you, you feel like you're in a living faith. You feel like, I could trust God with the world right now. And then all of a sudden, on a different situation, it seems like God takes you back to that period of challenged faith again. I love the, the, the way that some of you have been responding on our Anthem community uh, group page, on, uh, Anthem community group online. And for those of you who are part of the Anthem church community, I would, uh, and maybe you either joined us when we were meeting at the hotel or you've been joining us regularly online and you consider this your church home, one of the things I'd love for you to do is to look up Anthem church community on Facebook and join that Facebook group. It's different to the broader page that that we sort of have a thousand followers on that one, and then there's maybe a hundred or so of us on the Anthem Church community uh, group. So um, what I love that I've been seeing people do is put prayer requests on there and say, listen, I'm in a specific struggle right now. Would Can I reach out to my brothers and sisters for prayer? And would you encourage me in prayer right now because I need help and I need support? And that's what that page is there for. Like, Ask for prayer. And I love it when our community says, okay, we're getting around you. You're not alone. We're supporting you. Because it's, I know for some of you, it's that first step in saying, yes, I'm lamenting. Yes, I'm struggling with what's going on around me. But I'm putting my trust in Almighty God because I believe that it's only Him that can really come through at a time like this. Guys, that's the starting place to us getting through what we're going through. I think it's, I think it's uh, larger birds like eagles and hawks and birds like that, that when they're tending their young, at some point they kick their young out of the nest. It just seems awful, doesn't it? That You imagine a, a, a mother bird that's coming down to her baby eagles. What are those called? Eaglets? 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 One of those? I can't even remember what that's called, but 
baby eagles, whatever. Someone's going to correct me, I'm sure. Thank you. Uh, I can almost tell who's going to correct me as well because you do stuff like that. But anyway, um, uh, the, the, the baby eagle's in there, and they're like, every now and then, just food arrives from the beak of its mother. And it's like, oh, I love my life. I just keep getting food brought to me every single day. And then at some point, as these baby birds just get slightly stronger, the mother just kicks them out of the nest. And it just seems like it's the, it's the, the most horrible thing to do but right there, the mother bird is training its young to survive. And doesn't it feel sometimes like God is doing that same thing with us? And you're like, yep, you're right. I'm feeling it right now. I felt like God was feeding me. And all of a sudden, he's kicked me out and he's, he's expecting me to find my own food. And God is, is doing a, a process of, of building in our lives. He's doing something. He's doing his, his greatest work. When we're in that challenged faith phase, God will do his greatest work in you during that time. And we can feel him doing that work in us. And I want to encourage us, we get through what we're going through by recognizing that God is at work in his people. And I pray that God, that you continue to allow God to do his work in his time in your life. We're going to pray together right now. And I want to ask you to do something a little bit different. Sometimes when... You know, you're watching a stream, and I can't see you, but I know my, the, the way that I do this is that I just, teach, I just treat this like something I'm watching, like I'm watching a television show. But, folks, we are praying together. And so I want to ask you now for a, just a couple of minutes, would you clear the distractions away from you on either side and just say, right, I'm going to pray now, and I'm going to bow my head or my, bow my head or close my eyes or whatever it helps me do to focus so that we can come to God together and ask for his presence in our lives as we pray. Let's pray together. God, this morning we're here because we are looking to you. We are making that decision to put you first in our lives. God, I pray that you will hear our cries to you, not our cries at you. God, I, I pray that we will call out to you and not complain at you. And God, I, I ask you this morning that you'll forgive us. And God, forgive me when I've exhibited that desire to control my situation rather than to open my hands and say, yes, I know it's tough, but I, I'm willing to put my trust in my great and awesome God in the midst of it. Lord, give us a posture of open hands, open hands to you to release the worries and the fears and the concerns that we have today. God, I release my fears and my concerns into the hand of a loving Father today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and fill me and fill me and allow me to experience your presence here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray.